You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. This year's election cycle has been really tough for us in the media, except for maybe comedians. There's been plenty of material to draw from, and four years of President Trump could end up being a godsend for those who want to make us laugh. Paula Poundstone is one of America's most recognizable comics, especially to NPR listeners who know her as a panelist on the weekly game show Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. She has the high distinction of setting the record for most losses on that show, and she'll be performing at the Royal Oak Music Theater here on Saturday, December 17th. Paula Poundstone joins me now for Detroit Today. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Uh, I, I said there in the open that uh, it's been a tough year for this, us, us in the media. I also think it's been a tough year for comedians because, uh, you know, uh, separating uh, uh, humor from horror, I think, is is one of the things that you've sort of been asked to do this year. Uh, but also sort of coming up with things that uh, that are more outrageous, I suppose, than what is actually happening. Seems like oh, it'd yeah. be it seems like it'd I, be tough, I, right? <laughs> I tweeted uh, the debates, and at a, at a certain point, I found myself. I realized, well, I, I'm not really writing jokes. I, I'm just writing down what he said. <laughs> That's right. I'm just quoting him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. True. You know, I um, I don't, I don't need. I mean, I could have made Hillary jokes. I, I don't need uh, Donald Trump to be president in order to uh, mine. Uh, comedy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy, first of all, and I think most of my brethren would say the same. I'm happy, first of all, to just make up funny things on any topic. <laughs> I, I, I don't need us to have a, a, a dangerous leader um, <laughs> right, right. To, to do that. In order to do it. Yeah. I think the only thing that makes it difficult at this point is this, this feeling of division. You know, I don't want just one stripe of person coming to my shows, you, you know, right. I like to have a, I, I, I think realistically, I do think I probably attract more Democrats, um, uh, you know, than Republicans. I always, at the beginning of my show, say, look at, you know, <laughs> you don't have to think what I think. And if, if I talk about politics for a few minutes, and it happens to be not what you think. Well, I so happen to have the microphone right now, right. but uh, <laughs> but bear with me because somewhere within the evening we will find common ground. We'll find because jokes. the truth is, we all have more in common than we have differences. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you get? I mean, as a comedian and as someone who appears on uh, Wait, Wait, uh, do you get pushback from people say you're you know harder on on Republicans than you are on Dems? Well, I don't. I don't read the weight weight mail, so I don't know what they get. Um, I know that in my crowd, there's the occasional. I mean, the other night when I when I began making that little disclaimer at the beginning, uh, um, there was like a, a couple people who yelled out like, "You know, trope," and I said, "Well, you can understand that if it had gone the other way, you you too would be in a period of mourning uh, uh, during which." Uh, comedy was helpful for healing, yeah. um, and they and that was the end of it. They didn't they didn't continue to show. But I mean, I've heard about people being booed and stuff like that for, and uh, I mean, I guess you take that risk if you talk about politics because the reality is we don't all think the same thing. I think for lots of us, certainly for me, 
one of the things about this election cycle that was that was frankly shocking was how many people um I, I mean for me just I, I don't think I knew where I lived. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think I understood how many people would uh you know um and you know what they say? They say, "Oh well, don't take them literally." <laughs> right. Okay, well, I'm not sure how to. I'm not sure how to. Uh, I couldn't. You know, I tried to read the Sound and the Fury years ago, and uh, I finally had to put it down, which I never, <laughs> or, or almost never, do with a book, um, because every night I would lie down with a different uh, to read with a different interpretation of perhaps how William Faulkner meant me to interpret uh, <laughs> the Sound and the Fury, and finally I just gave up. Right. You know, I am very literal, I guess, and I think I prefer my president to be. Well, uh, and, and there's a huge gap between literature and government policy, right? I mean, Faulkner yeah, I had a license to do that. we're going to build a wall <laughs> right. or that we're going to, you know, exclude Muslims. I, I don't know. I take that pretty much at face value, and I clearly Vicente Fox did. Yeah, right, right. Did you did you see the interview with Vicente, sure. the former uh, the former president of New Mexico? This is a, <laughs> a months ago. He was interviewed, and I forget on what station. It must have been cable, uh, because he yeah. said, "You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna build your effing wall." Yeah, yeah. A- no. a- and uh, you know what Trump's reaction was? He said, "The language." <laughs> Right, right. That's right. He's he's offended now. Yeah, right? he's uh, masterful. Yeah. He is masterful at that. You, you know, if it were, if only we were watching someone in another country, then it would be entirely amusing. <laughs> right. Then you'd just be like, "Oh boy, love that guy." <laughs> That's right. Uh, but yeah, this not as not as much. You know, I ran for class president in the sixth grade, mm-hmm. and um, um, they I, I I lost. They they I I, I lost to Amy Hayes. And uh, they offered me the vice presidency, which I thought was kind of throwing me a bone. I thought, what are the odds of a sixth grader being assassinated? And and if she is, I'll be the number one suspect. But, uh, you know, the hardest thing about sixth grade politics was that there were no issues. Right. Um, so your, your speech tended to be a little thin. So when I, when I made my campaign speech, I said in the speech that if I was elected, uh, class president that I would get the school a uh, soda machine, and or that I'd get the school to get us a soda machine. That's pretty good, right? And uh, you had yeah, no power I, to do it. But. I thought, well, precisely. <laughs> so the teacher and a bunch of other students said the same thing. So the teacher took us aside and she said, "Look, you can't say that because it's not true." Which was in no way preparation for adult politics. Right. <laughs> Not at all, right? We didn't have fact checkers in the sixth grade. <laughs> Untruth is uh, is everywhere in our yeah. modern politics. The uh squad. <laughs> That's right. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Paula Poundstone, uh, a comic that you probably know pretty well if you listen to NPR. She's a regular panelist on the weekly game show, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. We are talking about comedy in the age of Donald Trump and in the age of uh, no truth, no truth uh, matters as much as uh, sort of bombast or outrageousness. Uh, if you want to give us a call, uh, join the conversation, give us a call at 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDT Facebook page, put a comment there, or hashtag Detroit Today on Twitter. 
and we'll work your comments into the conversation. Uh, Paul, I want to ask you about your losing streak. Uh, what's going on? Uh, wait, wait. Well, you know, I'm so <laughs> glad to get the opportunity to talk to it because I, I, I do like to dispel uh, a certain misconception, which yeah. is this. Yes, I'm trying to win. <laughs> right. You so aren't losing on purpose. I think I throw the match. <laughs> no, I study. You just don't know the answer. I just don't. You know, the thing is, the others cheat. That's what no one ever talks about. The steroids. No one ever talks about the doping. But, you know, Morocco's juices. Right. Uh, yeah. I, well, you know, the thing on weight weight is, although it is true that I occasionally choke, and uh, maybe even more than occasionally, uh, that I, I, you know, I'll choke and I and I don't know um, some <laughs> important piece of news, right, you know, right. like I, you know, I should have said Syria, <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, ninety-five percent of the time, I lose because I don't know the news of the weird, yeah. and and I, and that I would take pride in. Um, I prefer not to carry around in my head, you know, a story yeah. of someone stuffing lemurs down his pants uh, <laughs> to, um, you know, to, to, to go through customs. And, and I, I do sometimes use a technique where if I don't know the answer, I just say Syria or lemurs down his pants. <laughs> <laughs> right, because the chances of it being right are yeah. not not insignificant. Yeah, because right? one of the two should fit. <laughs> right. Uh, talk to me how about about how you wound up being involved with that show. Wait, wait, don't tell me that's a not necessarily a predictable path for a comic. Um, really, in the most boring of ways, they called me up and asked me, <laughs> um, and it was like uh, fifteen years ago, maybe longer now. Heavens. Uh, yeah, maybe even 16 years ago now. Um, uh, I had never heard of the show, which I'm sure they they <laughs> love me saying. Right. I, but I hadn't. I'd never heard of it. And uh, so they sent me, and this tells you how long ago it was, they sent me an audio cassette of the tape <laughs> so that I, 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 I mean, excuse me, of the show, so that I could, uh, you know, listen and know what it was. And um, I I left it on the island in my kitchen for a long time because lots of things got left on the island in my kitchen for a long time, which is partly why I never wanted that thing there. You know, when I went to look at that house, uh, um, I was going to buy that house that I lived in, uh, and, I, and, I, and I, looked, I looked at it with the real estate agent, and I said, is there any way we can get that giant thing out of the center of the kitchen? <laughs> and she said, oh, no, that's your island. You're going to love your island. And uh, she was right. We vacationed there summer after summer. <laughs> but it did gather junk just the way I thought it yeah, would. Yeah, no, So they do. one day my nanny at the time, he saw it, the tape laying there, and he, you know, he saw the name Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on it. And he said, oh, my gosh, I love that show. You have to do that show. Um, and so... And so I did. I did it on the recommendation of uh, wow. of, of my nanny slash manager. Cool. That's very cool. Uh, so four years ago, you appeared 
uh, on this program. There was a different host here and then, uh, Craig Folly. Uh, what happened to Craig Folly? Uh, he went to work for the government, actually. <laughs> he's, I, he's still uh, close by. A secretary but, position, I assume? Yeah, that's right. He's secretary Health of... Health and uh, Human Services? That's right, of commerce. Apparently that's how you do it. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but but uh, at that point, uh, we'd just gone through a pretty tough election between... Obama, uh, uh, President Obama and Mitt Romney. Uh, and you said that uh, watching Mitch Romney's speeches was less interesting than watching a washing machine spin cycle. Uh, I, I'm imagining no, that... I'll tell you, uh, no, I'll tell you what I said. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is a slight misquote. Here's what I said. It, during, that, during that election, during the primary season of that election... There was like seven guys, yes, right, and well, there's a woman too. I forget uh, Michelle Bachman, um, and each of them had a surge at one point or another during the primary. Right. I mean, everyone sort of assumed it was going to be Mitt Romney, yes, but there was a, a, a challenge to Mitt Romney um, several several times. Yeah. In, in fact, it started out Michelle Bachman. She was on the cover of, of Newsweek at right. one point because they thought we needed to know who she was because she was making a, you know, it was, oh, my gosh, it might be Michelle Bachman. <laughs> and then it was the um, the Pizza King guy. Right, right. Uh, and, and, and you know, and so on and so forth. There was uh, uh, the, the, the the Texas guy. I've forgotten his name now. He, the guy with the nice glass rims. <laughs> He's got great glasses rims um, uh, or frames. It, it was him for a little while and then it was uh gingrich and then it was um oh sweater vest (laughs) i can't remember i can't remember isn't that awful yeah this is so long he's kind of pacey yeah um but uh, we're we're running out of time here so one after you've got to fix the quote you've got to fix the quote we're running out of time what i said was watching the primary was like watching a front-loading dryer <laughs> because it would be like, oh, it's They're the just sweatshirt, swirling oh, no. around. and then you know it tumbles a little while. And like, oh, no, it's the jeans. All right, that's, <laughs> that's what right. I said. Okay, Paula Poundstone, the comic and panelist on the weekly game show. Wait, wait, don't tell me. She will be at the Royal Oak Music Theater on Saturday, December seventeenth. Thanks for being here on Detroit today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's going to do it for me, for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. Hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET Detroit, Wayne State's public radio station. See you tomorrow.